Hello, I'm Wilson Casado, husband, father, business owner, angel investor, entrepreneur. And above all, I'm passionate about innovation, education, and diversity. I believe that we need diversity for a more innovative future. Welcome to Changing the Game. Join me as I explore the need for diversity and education for a future we can all get excited about. I'll be diving deep into conversations that will give meaning and real-life examples of why diversity is good business for all of us and why we need to start now. I'll be joined by a host of amazing people who have first-hand experience of this in action and will inspire you to do the same. We will be looking at innovations that solve real-world challenges and investigating those that create new problems instead of solving them, so we can learn from the good and the bad. This show is for anyone who wants to change the game. Okay, uh, welcome everyone. Welcome to another episode of Changing the Game. I be I might be a little bit rusty because it has been uh, in a couple of months uh, since our previous episode, so ben, you know, apologize me for that. But today I have a awesome privilege of having uh, April Allen here. So uh, we met April last year when we did our annual uh, investor angel investor breakfast in here in Perth, and she attended remotely. It was quite a quite a nice one. So I'll I'll read April uh, intro or bios, but then uh, we go beyond the bios song. So bear with me for a sec. So here we go. April Allen is co-founder and COO of Tractor Ventures. Tractor provides a non-dilutive financing alternative for tech founders wanting something different. Together with her business and life partner, Matt Allen, she has an early stage investment portfolio of more than 50 companies. Quite impressive. Whoa. April deploys her process improvement expertise and get things done approach across Tractor Venture portfolio, as well as advise the portfolio companies on scaling the customer service and support functions. Oh, <laughs> now that I've read your bio, uh, normally April, my first question is, uh, who, who is April beyond the bio? So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your story? Uh, sure. Um... So uh, Matt and I met at work um, at, in the late 90s. Uh, we were both working for OneTel, if anybody remembers back that far, a telco that um, flamed out uh, in the early 2000s. Uh, so, um, well, he went into web development land and eventually startup land himself. I went, I, um, I stayed in operational sort of functions, network operations, IT support, that sort of thing. And I was there for 13 or so years um, before becoming a solo consultant focused on knowledge management and especially how knowledge management helps those sorts of teams, internal IT teams and customer teams work more effectively and provide a better customer experience. Um, so that's what I spent sort of the last 10 years doing um, until sort of t taking the leap and and joining Tractor full-time. Um, uh, so um, that's really what I've been doing um, full-time, you know, in the last 18 months since I've sort of parked my consulting. 
um, in the, in our spare time. Like uh, we have Fridays off as a business, um, so in my spare time, I uh, I have an art studio and I'm I'm often painting on a Friday in there. So um, that's what I do in uh, over the weekends, and uh, we've got two teenage sons. Um, yeah, so that that's about that's about everything. Just about. <laughs> Very nice. So in your Fridays off, you have, you know, your work as an artist. Yeah. So, um, April, did you graduate in any tech area? Did you ever thought about working in this sort of uh, ecosystem? Um, so I didn't do any university. I've had a few attempts at uh, mature age degrees, but they've been arts focused. Um in the late 90s, oh, no, it was probably mid-90s, um, I I went to, um, if anybody remembers, the old Computer Power Training Institute in Sydney. Um, I put myself through a, a computing certificate there, um, and it was during that that I got that job at OneTel. Um, that's, that's the only sort of real, um, you know, graduate thing you could say I've done in tech um the rest of it has just been hands-on experience in help desks mucking around doing a bit of dev myself over the years and um it was really just the um exposure to what Matt was doing while while he was a builder you know a startup you know a startup builder and um absorbing the conversations he was having as an early stage investor and then eventually I got on that train as well. Nice. So I may I may have a question on that later on because we have been talking a lot about education and and you know the traditional education versus a more modern approach to education. So it has lots in in what you just mentioned there. Yeah. So uh you guys run Tractor Ventures, right? So uh and what I I'm working in that sort of ecosystem. I have some sort of expectation of what it is, but uh, what it is coming from you. So uh, what is Tractor Ventures and what is that you guys provide as a differentiation? Who are you trying to help? Yeah, so we help those founders who um, traditionally aren't super attractive to venture capital. Um, they may not have... Um, the same sort of aspirations like they still have ambition but they don't necessarily want to go at that rocket ship pace that venture sets you on that path towards um but they've got a product that's just as meaningful to their customers um and if you know we talk about the rockets versus tractors and and how um you know, rockets are expensive to make. There's a big payoff if they land, but they often blow up along the way. Um, where farmers rely on their tractors, and if you say you're going to take a, tr a tractor off a farmer, they'll be ropeable. So, um, you know, we support the tractors, um, and we do that with revenue-based finance. So it's a non-dilutive model. Um, it's a loan, and it comes back to us via a top-line uh, revenue share of the monthly revenue. Um, so, uh, you know, we, uh, still, um, we still wrap around the founder and, and give them, um, uh, whatever help we can give them to help them with their growth challenges. Um, you know, as we would as angel investors, you know, we also do that through our Tractor Ventures, um, village, um, we call it. And, uh, it's a place where the founders can, um, help each other. We can share, um, 
you know, expertise with them, help them um, connect up with the people they need. Um, and that sort of um, depth of knowledge across our team and in our investor base within Tractor itself um, is really hard to beat. And just the 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 network effect that's available through it through our team just from from all the years of of experience that you know Matt's had building his network and um uh, Nogger's our entrepreneur in residence Nogger Eggleston who people would know from um SBE uh Jody Imam also past SBE past founder so we've got lots of expertise in the team that that's really hard to come by yeah that's awesome. I so much in what you said. So, okay, first of all, I love the way you guys made the analogy between the rockets and the tractor. Huh? So uh, I'm feeling a bit guilty because, you know, in our <laughs> approach to, you know, founders coming to talk to us, we talk about, you know, high tech, high growth and et cetera. So uh, you're coming the opposite way. I say, okay, so you have these sort of companies, but the companies that don't have that, they have a space with you guys here, the tractors. I, I love that. So I also love the fact that you know you treat your your communities and you know call it a village. So uh very nice. So you you mentioned there is, you know, in your bio you talk about having more than uh 50 companies in the portfolio. Uh, and by the way, before I go there, so the other thing as well, so you don't take equity, you don't dilute them. Is maybe uh yeah, so you have a financing sort of model where you're actually helping the, the startups in the early stages and not necessarily taking too much of the equity. So can you, can you, my next, my next question is about, is about your portfolio, you know, it's a 50 company. So would you be able to share stories with us about, you know, I don't know, maybe we don't say that, but maybe you have a preferred one or someone or a business that you love and you guys being able to support can you share some of those stories with us uh yeah so uh, it's probably worth mentioning how we got started um, um uh, and that was back in 2012 i think it was when zero uh did their dual listing on uh, dual ipo on the australian and new zealand stock exchanges um so that what that did was a, a, a um gave us a reason to start a self-managed super fund so that we could invest that way and um, create capital in our super fund. So that's how we got started in angel investing was using that money. Um, and then over time, um, Matt earned um, bits of advisor equity uh, in some other startups and, and that got us onto another way that we could invest through our the equity in our mortgage at one point um so it sort of grew uh, uh, after those things um so um build kite's been a successful early investment for us um and that that's where that sort of advisor equity came from in the beginning um and they've been steadily growing um so that's a really exciting one that that uh, we're close to um my, one of my favourites is um, is um, Flow of Work. Uh, they came out of an antler cohort in Sydney, uh, I think the, the 2020. Um, um, Helena just did a pitch to the She Loves Tech um, 
crowd last week and and won that pitch event so that was pretty exciting to see that happen so um yeah they're still early and uh, I'm keeping an eye on uh flow of work because um as a knowledge manager uh you know what their roadmap is is quite exciting um you know unlocking that sort of talent within a company that you can lose track of when you get so big and you don't know who has what skills that you could be using um so that's a bit exciting and i'm paying close attention to that one too um but yeah we've got a lot a lot of good ones um uh, mr yum um go terra um yeah lo- abuso that's another one that we like yeah so there's lots of lots of great names in there that would be familiar to lots of people that would be listening to this yeah very nice so it's funny uh like i can see your your eyes you know, shine, you know, shiny when, when you talk about some of them. So that's the passion we have of our, our portfolio, isn't it? So yeah. there is one thing that you start mentioning that I, I'd love to ask a question on that. So you mentioned about you guys uh, being able to use superannuation funds to, to deploy some capital in this area and then, you know, mortgage and et cetera. So uh, there are some facts and myths in these angel investing sort of uh activity which is oh you need to be rich to start your portfolio or you need to have this money or that money so it is something that we deal with every day with you know as angel or puff angels and in here as in our business venture ventures as well is uh trying to explore those avenues to uh democratize so you know that angel investor community yeah. um so you mentioned about some unusual sources of capital coming from uh superannuation for 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 uh for more risky or, or, or venture capital and then your mortgage so can you speak a little bit more about that more in more in the perspective of you and 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 your partner so and you're putting family savings and maybe risking future savings on this sort of thing how, how you guys feel about that how is that how is that conversation for you yeah, so um, uh, it was interesting back in the day because I didn't have any of this. Um, I didn't come from startups myself, so it was it was really Matt's exposure that uh, I was leaning on, um, and he developed a really solid, I don't know, um, a solid read of. Um, the the potential of a business idea and and also the potential of a team so he's got a really great radar for uh, a team's ability to execute like the people behind it um and between us we're quite different in terms of risk appetite (laughs) he uh, you know if you can't tell already by now like he's he's very much right up on the risky end of the scale um you could say you could you know i wouldn't get upset with you if you described me as conservative um uh it is true uh although i have come up a bit more uh, you know through um you know having had 20 years with matt you know it's, you're going to come up the scale <laughs> um uh so how it would come out in in our dynamic in talking about investments that that matt was interested in uh so you know, he would get excited about something. He would then have to come home and explain it to me. So he'd have to pitch that, you know, this 
was worth us investing in. Um, and so the size of our investments is, is you know, generally between 10 and 20K. So it's not a huge amount, right? Um, but I was quite sensitive to Matt's moods around our um our household income at any point in time. So, you know, the risk profile of the moment. So, um, and like I said before, I didn't have the language at the time, but I, you know, in retrospect, I can, I understand now what was happening. So he would come home and pitch something. And if last week he was in a bad mood about our mortgage or he was, he was uncomfortable about the reducing buffer in our mortgage or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, I would ask that question and go, okay, well, you know, are you are you, are you confident about it? Because last week you were <laughs> you you were not that confident about our situation. So, um, so that was us sort of having that little bit. Of, that was the extent of our DD, if you like. But it was it was us kind of covering what the risk profile was from one week to another when some new investment was on the radar. So, so that's how we were managing it. Um, um, but it's also worth reminding people that you know the the hurdle for for people is um, that they need to satisfy is is the sophisticated investor um, certification to be able to invest in sort of angel rounds anyway. So um, we were able to obtain that from having done that zero investment and and having done well off that IPO listing. So that's what sort of gave us that um, piece of paper to be able to participate in in later investments. That's brilliant. So I can uh, listen to what you're saying. I can, you know, uh, I can picture the conversations between myself and Renata, my wife, and, <laughs> and having that sort of... Uh, opposite sort of risk appetite as well and 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 i know a little bit of how that conversation can go yeah uh, it's a nice step but it's nice to have that balance because uh sometimes the optimistics so uh, uh maybe sometimes we lose by you know by you know the uh the, the promises and the dreams and etc <laughs> so uh it's interesting that you mentioned uh, it's a few things as well about uh you mentioned about the sophisticated investor certificate. So um, uh, I think both, you know, your family, my family. So we we fortunate and fortunate enough to have an event there that was able to give us uh, the paper for us to be able to participate in this thing. So it is an area that we're trying to uh, be more inclusive and 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 then work out, you know, the policy to 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 be able to bring more people into it. Mm. So. Uh, I understand, April, uh, Tractor Venture is not a fund, right? Uh, no, it's not a fund. Um, uh, we have uh, we have sold some equity in Tractor, so we have some investors in, in Tractor, um, but we've also taken in a debt, a debt um, facility so that we uh, can fund the loans ongoing. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, because I was uh, I was going to mention, and I from what you just described, so you 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 not you also not in that sort of uh, syndication of angel deal sort of thing. So because we've seen no, yeah. the likes of our friends of Ten Thirteen or Cheryl Mack or you know us Beach Ventures. So kind of uh, also not having funds, but doing syndications deal by deal and trying to 
uh, democratize this check sizes and etc so so uh what is that you looking for at the next founder um well from a tractor perspective where we look at tech enabled businesses um that are making a, a monthly recurring revenue of at least 15 grand and there's a you know a history of sort of three to six months of growth um and a healthy runway of of you know five to six months um so they um they as long as the operating financials uh look good um uh we're happy to um give them uh, some revenue-based finance. Um, so it doesn't matter to us what industry they're in, um, but generally speaking, it should be tech-enabled. Um, but, you know, that could be anything. You know, it could be e-commerce, you know. So it is pretty broad mandate from that perspective. Um, so really, as long as their operating financials are in in reasonable order, reasonable to good, uh, we're happy to have those conversations. Um, from an angel perspective, um, we're not doing that much angel investment these days. There's a couple of little follow-on things that are on my radar that are, that are coming up soon that I need to be ready for. <laughs> um, um, but we're, we're doing most of those, um, non-tractor investments through side stage these days, which is a fund that Matt, um, uh, and a few people, uh, set up and launched um last year uh yeah so side stage ventures is where we do most of our household investing these days so uh nice so uh a mere question on this so you uh as i mentioned before so we, we put a panel last year for the uh angel investor annual breakfast both angels so and you you were in our panel there was pretty good so there was a little bit of uh and putting that panel together, there is a bit of that sort of hat of trying to put a panel of women and talking about diversity. So uh, it has been a year so far. So uh, are you seeing uh, more women participating in the ecosystem, like both with investment hat, as an investor hat or, or founder hat? How you have seen that moving along? Um, I think... I think the the awareness of each other, like the women in the ecosystem, are are we're expanding our own network. Um, so it feels like things are getting better just because we know more of who we are in the ecosystem. Um, the investments themselves, um, you know, SBE did a bunch of research that they talked about at their event um, a couple of months ago, and you know, it's sadly not that. It's still not um, even close to being, you know, approaching, um, you know, diverse investments. Um, so I think there's still lots and lots of work to do. Um, but, the, you know, it, the problem is is deep and structural and, you know, it's it's to do with women not having senior roles, you know, boardroom roles, um, C-level roles, anywhere near as many as the men do. And so it means that once they get to sort of my age now, they don't have the money that available to them um, to be able to invest, even if they could get their 
sophisticated uh, certificate and and participate in stuff. So, so really, it's a it's a problem that goes right back in in, in structural um, issues. So, um, you know, that's it's a policy thing. There's got to be, you know, um, governmental intervention. Um, you know, we can only. Do- do so much as an ecosystem of, of investors. Um, we can definitely do our best to, um, you know, represent, you know, more diversity. Um, but if the, if if the income isn't there for the women in the first place to be able to invest later, like, you know, that's always going to be a problem unless we can do anything at the policy level. Yeah, and no, it makes sense. So, and I'll, I'll touch on another subject that's uh, somehow related to it. So, uh, you mentioned about having uh, teenager children. Uh, so, same with me. So, you have teenager uh, uh, children at home. So, my question is more like, uh, do you have conversations at home or, or something you want to share about the fact that, uh, so my generation, uh, is we, we, I was educated to go to university to do, you know, so law, medicine, or engineering, right? So I ended up choosing the engineering because I knew uh, I, I liked math. So uh, it seems like today this is changing, right? So the conversation with teenagers is completely different. So, you know, the priorities of the choices are different. So uh, as a mom or in your you know, group of friends, so is that part of the conversation, how, how that goes in your perspective? Um, I think it's important that when they express an interest in something that you do what you can to double down on enabling it. Um, so our younger son, who's 15, is in year nine at the moment. He came home one day and said that he wanted to change schools. He wanted to go and... Um, uh, do the trades rather than waiting to go through an engineering degree at uni. Like he wanted to get his hands on and he can get his hands on from year 10. So he came home and said he wanted to do that. So we took him to the information night. We visited the school. We went through the process and he'll be starting there next year. So he's excited. We're excited for him. And that's great. Like I never expected to have a tradie son. We are not, tra- we are not and have never had hand skills between the two of us, Matt and I. So I think it's skipped a generation. Um, so that one's really interesting. Um, we we talk about um, our work all the time, frequently uh, around the dinner table. Um, so they're exposed to our sort of. Um, work with startups you know they've heard matt talking on the phone and especially these last couple of years with all the work from home you know they've been exposed to all of that so um you know it's not unusual for us every now and then to to um to say to them well why don't you come up with a business idea like you know so we we sort of plant that seed fairly regularly every now and then too um We've taken them to start mate pitch nights uh, a few years ago. We did that pretty regularly. Um, so they've had lots and lots of exposure to startup stuff and, and business through through us. Um, and as far as encouraging sort of d- d- diversity, gender diversity and, and, you know, seeing sort of women in positions of leadership, um, you know, my my mother has had a, a, a career working um 
in sort of creative arts in merchandising as a brush letterer. But she's had a resurgence in, in you know, later life um, uh, doing um, providing brush lettering workshops to students at RMIT and, and travelling around globally doing these workshops. So it's really nice for my kids to see that happen as well, you know. So I just like that, um, you know, when they when they can share an interest that they've identified for themselves or we can help them sort of get more exposure to it. That's very good. Uh, I will I will ask you a last question. Believe it or not, that, you know, as a, normally we do this for 30 minutes, not to be too long and et cetera. <laughs> as, as you may have experienced, as I did as well, that 30 minutes goes by yeah. week. <laughs> so... Uh, uh, April, what about uh, geography, right? So we, you, you're talking from the East Coast, I'm talking for the West Coast, and we in Australia. So when we look at helping the ecosystem, so are you focusing more local Australia or even uh, global as well? How do you see that? Um, so we're focused on Australia and New Zealand, like Tractor is Australia and New Zealand. Um, our, our investing um uh personally is is australian usually and it's because we know who the founders are like um you know we've we've often already got a relationship so um it's easy for us to um you know know the dd is is not super uh, taxing um uh, when you already know who the people are um yeah so that's uh that's that's what we've sort of found. Um, uh, it was interesting sort of launching Tractor at the end of 2020 um, because we had to raise that equity, um, like taking investors into Tractor, uh, into the management company um, uh, on uh, over Zoom. Like, it, you know, the, <laughs> the normal way to do it was to, you know, have, go, have a lot of face-to-face -face coffees and beers and whatever else but um you know we raised all of that and launched all on on online remotely so um uh that was an interesting uh way to do things interesting to hear that perspective yes we went yeah. in that in a remote world which you know as the the you know the borders suddenly go down because you know in a remote connection you can be talking to anyone and anywhere yeah. but you but you kept that sort of i know kept investing where you know and you know the whole uh you know the the, the regulation environment that you're familiar with that, that's that's yeah. quite interesting so uh april uh i think this is just the start of us having you know further chats so uh it's a shame that those 30 minutes go so fast uh i hope i can be i can be a guest in your village so we yeah. keep in touch so <laughs> Is uh, I'm extremely grateful for you participating, changing the game. So I hope uh, the people that listen or watch our conversation uh, can get out of it. So I think this was brilliant. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks a lot for having me on. Hey, everyone. This is April Allen. This was a, another episode of uh, the second season of Changing the Game. So in the second season, we're talking with... Uh, investors and founders is all about innovation i hope you like this and i'm looking forward to having you in the next episode as well
Thank you. Cheers.